Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World podcast. Uh, I am sitting here with Jen, one of the co-hosts of the unbelievably popular Seven of Wine podcast. Uh, the only podcast that's giving my podcast, Horror Movie Night, a run for its money at the Geekscape Network. Uh, I will be fighting Jen immediately after the recording of this episode for podcast supremacy. But in the meantime, we're going to pretend that we're friends and we're going to talk about Episode three of season one of Boy Meets World, Father Knows Less. Sure. Let's uh, let's enjoy our last few minutes of friendship <laughs> before one of us dies. <laughs> uh, this debuted on October 8th, 1993, uh, which I was seven or eight when this came out. Oh, so wow. Okay. So it, I remember seeing these live for the most part, but... Wait, you mean you don't mean live tapings? You mean like when they? Oh, you mean yeah. when they aired? Yeah, I watched them gotcha. as they aired. Uh, so you had asked me while we were walking over to the booth. I guess we should mention that we're at San Diego Comic Con. We're at uh, Comic Con. So, uh, as listeners know, I record these well in advance, um, whenever I can get a chance to sit down. Um, you asked why I was doing this podcast, and yeah. I, I think a big element of it is... <laughs> Wait, do it the way I did it. Which was, why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, and uh, while I was waiting for you to come to the booth, I was listening to the first episode, mm -hmm. just to kind of remind me of the flow of the episodes, because I haven't recorded one of these in about a month. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was with my brother, and he, we were saying, like, I said, I think the reason that I'm doing this is because... I just distinctly remember TGIF yeah. sitting down with my family wanting to see what was going to happen in the life of Corey Matthews. So, like, this is kind of grabbing for that nostalgia that I had as a kid of, of watching TGIF and re-watching it now, you know, in my 30s instead of as a, as a child. And uh, yeah. I know the later seasons are definitely better written than these early episodes but you gotta start somewhere so we gotta start with season one sure and you know so what I'm hearing is that I'm on the best Boy Meets World podcast in the world probably yep, yep. we almost <laughs> I wouldn't you're, just, you're not you're not telling me I'm on like a mediocre Boy Meets World no, podcast no we were the top this is the top one year with one of the most knowledgeable Boy Meets World experts that's what I'm that's what I'm gathering from this and now I'm ter I'm so nervous now my god yeah you know? <laughs> this is like if I was on Seven of Wine and I'm like I don't drink and I don't watch Star Trek Voyager so I am totally oh. out of my element here so, well now we have to have you on Seven of Wine <laughs> <laughs> the sober the sober guy with no understanding of what's happening just yeah. sitting 
saying that. Like, well, the colors were pretty. <laughs> it takes place in space. <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, so, so this episode starts off mm-hmm. with Corey and his dad making sure. sandwiches. Yeah, and, and what's funny is that I, I was, like you, a huge TGIF person. Yeah. Like that was just Friday Friday night's rituals. Was a bag was a bag of flaming hot Cheetos and TGIF. <laughs> that was our ritual, me and my sister. Um, and Boy Meets World was my favorite out of that block for sure. Yeah, I think and it was the one that was around the most. All the yeah. other shows would like just come and go, but yeah. like Boy Meets World was just consistent. Step by step was on for a while. Step though. by step I mean yeah. there was like step by step and full house and family matters, but yeah. I feel like the golden age, a lot of those shows were going away uh, while Boy Meets World just kind of of like, it was the new blood. It was the new blood. Yeah. It was the longest lasting new blood. There were yeah. some really good short lived shows. Muppets Tonight was really fun. Yeah. Teen Angel was amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. But, but they were making when they were making sandwiches in this episode, the way it starts out, um, it like all came back to me, flooded back. I didn't think I would like remember Boy Meets World uh, as much as I did and then that first scene I was like, Oh my god, I remember this. And I think that that's also yeah. why I do this show is it's you have this is one of those shows that does just like pull it right out of you. Yeah. You're just like, oh shit, I remember this. Yep. So I have a quote written down, and I actually don't remember where it came from. Uh, okay, I sucked a neck. Yeah. Okay, that's Will. How do you pronounce his name? Friedel. Yeah. Friedel? Yeah. Friedel. Friedel. Oh, that's right. Okay. Will Friedel. He's like on the phone. He's on the phone with his. Uh, I'm assuming a girl. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> well, Will can talk to anybody. Listen, yeah. And he and he's like advising them on how to how to hide a hickey. He's like he's like, just wear a turtleneck or something and his mom walks by and he looks at her and he's like, Okay, so I sucked a neck. <laughs> okay. That's it. So, because that's the only note that I have. I, I <laughs> It's the only note that no, you have. No, 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 have. no. Let me follow through. It's the only note that I have that I don't understand the context. Oh, to. that was that was it, and it was that was a funny moment because the mom is just so like dismissive about it, like, oh, okay, sucks next. She just walks away. <laughs> uh, I this episode introduces us to one of my favorite first season characters, which is uh, Leonard Leonard Spinelli. Oh God. <laughs> I was like, I felt like I needed to be offended by him, and I didn't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's some kind of, like, stereotype. Yeah, he's right? something, but, like, he's almost like the, um, I almost feel like he's, like, the prototype for, like, Jim Parsons' character on Big Bang Theory. Oh, I don't watch Big Bang Theory. I don't either, but I know, <laughs> I know of Leonard from Big Bang, or not Leonard, what the hell's his name? I don't watch the show, but the, the guy who's clearly autistic on... Big Bang Theory that everybody loves. Beats me. Yeah, big, tall, skinny guy. (laughs) But, like, he definitely has that, like, some of the best lines. I like the second time that he shows up where he's like, like, Leonard, do you know what a manager does? He's like, you take care of the store. He's like, do you know what the assistant manager does? I tell the manager when there's something that needs to be taken care of at the store. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But they introduce this character. The point of this episode is basically about a father-son dynamic. Yeah. And... Even in these early seasons, which are, like, a little cheesier and, and a little bit more kid-friendly, I feel like they tap into some really deep emotional deep issues of kid. Like, yeah, I did not. I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of, as, as an adult now when you're watching, you didn't quite appreciate as a kid. Like, how precocious 
Corey Matthews is. Yeah. He's super, and like his dialogue's not written as if it's a kid talking, and that's the charm of him is he speaks like an adult. And he has like an adult vocabulary, so it's a little bit. But he's but he's got like he struggles with boyhood, yeah. right? Boyhood issues. Um, so that's one of the things you pick up really fast is is how uh, deep the you know the dialogue is. But then yeah, the theme that was explored in this one, like I mean I don't know how how I haven't been on this podcast before i don't know how you like to do things can i skip ahead we can talk about whatever all right can i curse oh absolutely (laughs) okay i mean because because mr feeney right is childless yeah right and Corey's dad obviously has a kid otherwise he would be (laughs) and the two of them they they provide the major contrast in this right over like a debate so yeah it deals it deals very very much with the father-son dynamic and and uh dredges up some of Mr. Feeney's more unpleasant memories of his boyhood, it gets too deep. Yeah. I'll say I got uncomfortably uncomfortably, it got uncomfortably deep for a kid's show. Now as an adult understanding like what they were exploring and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that um, it's a really touching episode about a dad that's just trying to make time for his kid with his busy life. And you know, saying that sentence, it sounds like that's a sentence that sounds like, you know, the the father is avoiding the son, but it's it couldn't be less true. It's it's that life won't let him spend time with his boy, and that's so heartbreaking. And you know, it like, is. and it's just normal life. But it's, it's not like he's you know. Yeah, it's just work. It's just work. It's not like he's. He's like a, a cop, yeah. you know, who's like investigating a murder that's like all co- like consuming his life right now. It's, it's like regular yeah, stuff, just, shit that's happening at the store. Yeah, I'm making time for my kid, and then yeah. something happens at the store, and we have to reschedule. And yep. you know, how many times can we reschedule before my son stops loving me? And like, yeah, uh-huh. that's like what it explores. It's crazy. And then, yeah. what's weird though is that uh, I, maybe it's because I don't like sports, and this is like. The, this is like those seasons where Corey's like a huge sports fan, and that just kind of gets like written out of the show in like yeah. the, in another year. But like, uh-huh. I'm kind of on Feeney's side. He should still fail that test. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he slept through the test. I don't care if he stayed up for Father's Son time. Over, over sports, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I cited I was on Team Feeney. Yeah. From the beginning of this stupid debate, <laughs> I was like, when when Corey was like. When uh, the wife, the mother, what's her name on this? I forgot. I don't remember Whatever. either parent's name, and I literally listened to the episode while walking here. Yeah, when mom, <laughs> like, tells, like, is rooting the father on and telling him that he should, you know, good luck going over next door and convincing Mr. Feeney to let your son take the test over again. I was like, no, that's bad parenting. That's a, that's a teachable moment. That's yeah. the moment that when you look at your son, and you're like, son, we done fucked up. Yeah. And he does Listen. say that later. He's like, it's <laughs> like I'm the one that let you down. Yeah, <laughs> like the two of us, we did something we shouldn't have. You failed a test. You don't just get to walk next door and demand a different grade from the teacher that lives next to you. This is serious conflict of interest here for this child. The fact that like his his teacher is their neighbor and they can just walk over there to whine whenever they want to. PTA meeting 24-7. He would have moved at this point. Yeah. He'd been like, I'm done with this family. Built a higher fence. <laughs> so I have another quote that I wrote down that uh, that was one of the only other ones that made me laugh, which is a quick back and forth between uh, Ryder Strong and Minkus. Yeah. Where they're kind of jabbing at each other in the classroom and uh, 
and Ryder Strong playing Sean, the coolest kid in the school. Yeah. Goes, uh, suck up and make us real quick. Goes, future plumber. Future plumber. <laughs> oh, snap. Which you know, fix a sink later on in the episode. I don't know if I'm okay with occupation shaming. <laughs> <laughs> watching, watching this. Oh, there's another moment in it where I'm also like, ah, that wouldn't fly these days. <laughs> it was where, uh, where Corey's like making fun of his dad for, uh, potentially missing the, the demolition derby or whatever it is they're going to. No, it's like an air show. Yeah. Whatever. And he, like, he jokes that he's starting to get into ballet now as a result and that's kind of strangely that's a very like 90s yeah strangely 90s kids show joke yeah strangely I don't know what that what is the word for that it's like the gender like gem, gender shaming or like yeah. a yeah. Or like even like homo, slightly homophobic yeah. you know and I was like oh I don't know I'm uncomfortable with that I don't know which is so funny because then like the rest of the series they just give Corey and and uh, Sean like this ridiculously over the top bromance. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like they're like the prototype of, uh, of JD and Turk from Scrubs. Like they're just <laughs> yes, yeah. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Um, but we t- we touched on it briefly. I feel like the last thing that needs to be brought up is um, Feeney's speech. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh well, you know what. I really don't know if I'm cool with the fact that you decided to do this podcast in the middle of traffic. Yeah. We, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I like the, the element of adventure, Matt, but I just, you know. I'm trying to discover myself in adventurous ways. So recording in the middle of a street with, with a, a fellow podcaster just seemed like the only way to up the show's quality. I like it. Yeah. I've decided that I like it. Okay, you it's went. It's thrilling. I convinced you. Let's All keep right. going. Yeah, this is edge of your seat podcasting. <laughs> Will 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 you run over? You'll have to keep listening to find out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> someone will release this for us. Um, Feeney's speech uh, about staying awake with his father is heartbreaking. It's and it's and it, it, it harkens. It's like wartime, right? Like he, yeah. was, he was in Europe. I'm assuming World War II is what he's referring to. Yeah. So already the the backdrop, the premise of it is already heartbreaking. He's talking about his wartime poverty. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, he wasn't set in Europe. Well, I mean, he's got that. I, I feel like because he kept talking about that, I wanted to hear. Did he say he wanted to hear Winston Churchill or he wanted to hear the president? Maybe he was in the United States for it. Yeah, but he's referring to some kind of Polish factory or something. I don't know. My God, we obviously did not watch this episode yeah. as hard as we could have been watching it. <laughs> we didn't watch hard. But yeah, anyway, was, was, I couldn't hear what he was saying through my sobs. Right. <laughs> yes, but it was yes. The premise is, is heartbreaking in and of itself. It's like a little boy having to grow up in like a war torn era, and his dad just not wanting to have those memories with him. Yeah, yeah, not realizing that that he could have. Yeah, that it was a moment that they would never get back, and he was like, "Go back, go to bed, kid." Yeah, it's a school nights. And it reveals a lot about him. Like it's one of those moments that I feel like. It's one of the first times where I feel like they shine a light on Mr. Feeney as more than just the grouchy next-door neighbor slash teacher. It's like you see a real element of humanity in there. And I remember hearing an interview with the actor who played Mr. Feeney, and he said that when they came to him with the character, he said, I'll only do this character if he's not the butt of a joke that's depicted as a mean person because I have a ton of respect for teachers. Yeah. And and the creator said, no, our intention is to literally make this man 
the most important person in every kid's life. Like he's it's, a paragon of, of what you want a teacher to be. Yeah. Which, very rare. He's like the Captain Picard of teachers, yeah. elementary school teachers. <laughs> Tying it back to Seven of Wine a little yeah, bit. You know. Just a bit. Not yeah. quite Voyager, but you're there. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I think that... I think that that's one of those things that you walk away from. And I'm going to play the audio clip from that. I try to make sure that we play the big Feeney speeches on each episode where they happen. Because, you know, you walk away from Boy Meets World when you reflect back on it. Uh, you remember a lot of the funny, like, Eric or Corey quotes. Yeah. But as you get older, I, I feel like I see more people referencing really deep, introspective things that Feeney has said oh my God. on Facebook. That's how you know you're getting older is when yeah. you identify with Feeney. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I want to be Corey. He's a cool kid. And then you're like, yeah, man, that... That Mr. Feeney. That Mr. Feeney, he knows he's a what good he's, guy. He knows what he's talking about. That Mr. <laughs> Feeney.
<laughs> so, uh, real quick before we wrap up, these episodes are fairly short. We keep them about 20, 30 minutes. Oh, about wow, the same okay. length of an episode of Boy Meets World. Oh, geez. Um, but what are some of your... We touched on a little bit with your with your Cheetos, but yeah. you know, what is your, your memories with Boy Meets World? Was this a show that you recall just like you couldn't miss the new episode and, and wanting to see Corey and Topanga's relationship? Because right now, episode three yeah. is still no Topanga. Yeah, no Topanga. Oh, my God, you're right. She wasn't Topanga, the Winnie Cooper of our generation. Yeah. Really. Right? Like, uh, these days, I, I have conversations with people, with guys, where I'm like, do you remember Boy Meets World? They're like, yeah. I'm like, do you remember Topanga? They're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember Topanga. I'm like, you. That she was like 12, you <laughs> asshole. Um, but um, my favorite, you know what's funny? At the time that I was growing up with Boy Meets World, I was starting to become a woman. Like, I, I mean, right on right on the cusp of becoming a woman. Like, I'm like, you know, my late, like, ten, oh, man, you know, what What was the year that this episode aired? Uh, this was 93. 93, so I was 10. Yeah. So I was just about ready to enter adolescence. So watching Boy Meets World, it really took me through all my hormonal stages, and I remember the most uh, this this is going to sound we just went from like a really deep Feeny conversation to like really deep Jenny no 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 (laughs) to like really superficial thing but one of the things that kept me watching was like how I had a crush on Ryder Strong's character Sean right because he was like a quintessential bad boy and he was the rebel so I had such a huge crush on him and at some point I switched and started having a crush on Eric yeah right of course because he's like you know he's also kind of like a bad boy like you know loose cannon big brother guy and then I and then Matthew Lawrence entered the picture, and then I had a crush on Matthew Lawrence. So that's what I remember most of Boy Meets World. Just following the, the it, levels of hotness throughout it, the series. Just it just provided so much fantasy material for my fledgling, <laughs> for for a little girl discovering her sexuality. Was that the answer you expected? Not really, but I'm glad it's on on tape. It kept me watching. It kept me watching through every season. <laughs> um. So, seven of wine. Okay. Let's talk about Seven of Wine. Sure. Where did you and Jacqueline come up with this idea? Because as I've been handing out these sleep masks to people, yeah. uh, and I explain the premise, the most common phrase I hear is, oh my God, that's my life. <laughs> like, a, just wine and Voyager? Just getting, getting drunk on wine and watching Star Trek. I don't know if that's sad or awesome. <laughs> it's, you know, complicated. Well, it, it's, it's a really funny story. Um... And I hope Jackie doesn't mind me telling it this way, but, uh, you know, Jackie uh, is an actress, you know, and a wonderful human being and uh, an introspective person. She's she's not at all uh, like an actress who's, you know, like, I'm going to be famous and just like kind of pitch herself headlong into that. Like she's constantly thinking about herself and she went through not thinking about us, thinking about her career. You know what I mean? She yeah. went through a phase uh, about a year and a half ago where she really started questioning, like, am I good enough? Can I keep doing this? You know, uh, how can I improve? And it was really getting her down in a really, pro- like, profound way. She was really starting to, like, approach crisis mode with, like, her identity as an actress, I believe. If, yeah. if she'll, you know, if I can summarize from an outside observer. I had been encouraging her 
for months on end to watch Voyager. But the thing is, every Star Trek fan you ever meet is going to tell you to watch Star Trek, right? You just start drowning them out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she'd never been a Trekkie, never watched a single episode of anything Star Trek ever, didn't care about the universe. But I kept telling her, you need to watch Star Trek Voyager in particular because it's got so many strong female characters, yeah. right? Seven of Nine, Belana Torres... You know, um, I'm not going to say Kess because I didn't think Kess was a very good character at all. But Janeway, of course. Yeah. And I kept encouraging her to watch it. She finally reached that point where she was questioning so much in her life that she broke down and watched an episode. <laughs> She's like, sure, why the heck not? And got hooked instantly, right? Yeah. She found so much inspiration in, like, the female characters on that show. And uh, she, I remember the day she messaged me uh, over Facebook. She, she went... Hey, Jen, so this uh, Star Trek Voyager, I get it. Yeah. I get it, right? And it, it was kind of, uh, you know, like a renaissance for her. It, like, galvanized her to, like, really take her career by the balls. And she's doing great now. Like, she got cast in, like, you know, I think it was, like, either a Nike or, like, a Reebok. No, it was a Gatorade commercial. Okay. Immediately after. And she booked, like, two major sta stage plays. She's going to be um, in a production of Mamma Mia that's at the Hollywood Bowl. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was, she had gone through this slump. And then she watched Voyager. And then she, like, bootstrapped herself into, like, kick-assedness. Um, so, so she's like gleaning all this, all this positivity from watching Voyager. She decides to throw up a wine party where she gets a bunch of her friends together to watch Voyager. You know, and I'm sitting back. I'm like, man, I just planted a seed, but holy crap, is she growing this into a forest? <laughs> <laughs> she's growing this until it's like Fern Gully up in here, right? <laughs> except without Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she threw a, a wine party, and, and we kicked around ideas for what to call it and what it was one of our friends actually I believe I can't remember which friend who was like you should call you should theme your party you should call it like seven of wine so yeah. I can't I, I wish I could remember which friend came up with it anyway it was an epic party she had a ton of people who had never watched Star Trek Voyager over. She'd created, like, this little playlist of, like, you know, best of episodes that she wanted everyone to watch. And we all got sloshed online like crazy. Everyone had, like, too deep of an appreciation of Star Trek Voyager after this party was over. Um, and then she approached me later. She was like, hey, I'm thinking of starting this Star Trek Voyager podcast. And what do you think? And would you co-host? And... And I was like, yeah, I'm on board. Whatever. Very I like cool. Star Trek Voyager. So so in short, I introduced her to Star Trek Voyager, and then she turned it into this empire. <laughs> this it, podcasting empire. It keeps growing. It's part of why I wanted to do the Boy Meets World one, was listening yeah. to Seven of Wine and being like, I like that idea. Like, mine yeah. was a little bit more, we're going to watch the episodes in order of release, where yours kind of Bounces. jumps around mm -hmm. throughout the series. But <clears throat> it yep. was a big influence on, like, the, you know, we could use more, like, very show specific yeah. podcasts. Yeah. And and ones that revisit, you know, they don't all just have to be like the new season of Bachelor or like the latest Game yeah. of Thrones episode. But there's there's a pantheon of great shows from our childhood that bear re watching, you know, reanalyzing. Yeah, so. introspectively seeing it. Mm -hmm. Like as adults. Alright, well where can people check out the show? Well, they can Funnily enough, they can watch or they can listen to Seven of Wine on the Geekscape Network, the same network that they can catch your podcast. Ah, what a winky dink! I know <laughs> it's it's almost like that's how we know each other. Yeah, but the easiest way to do it um, to get to all the places where you can listen to it is uh, sevenofwine.com. 
Very cool. Yep, but but watch it from the. I mean, listen to it from the Geekscape page though, because uh, Jonathan London will kill me if I don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. This is a pleasure.